is a sweet-smelling aroma, an an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. What is the answer to that question? Anyone? What? Give of yourself, love. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. And let's read together. What a sweet-smelling aroma and acceptable sacrifice well-pleasing to God is. Philippians chapter 4, let's start reading in verse 15. Are you there? Almost. Philippians chapter 4, if you're there, hand up, thumb up, great. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 15. This is, well, we'll just read it. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Are you there? Philippians chapter 4, now 16. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus. They are what? They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. What is in the in the context of Philippians chapter 4 15 through 19? What is a sweet smelling sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God? What? Helping others. Yeah, here we see a box of Cheerios and some rice pilaf and cans of tuna and different kinds of Ritz crackers. This, I would contend, is a what? Is a sweet-smelling sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. I went over to the school, did a worship thought with the kids, connected to this. Do you want to offer a sweet-smelling sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God? Do you want to do that? If you go to our church's website, PendletonAdventist.org, and you click on the Disaster Response tab, you will find ways in which you can be or you can present a sweet-smelling sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Things like five-gallon buckets. Here we have a five-gallon bucket. And in this five-gallon bucket, we have some items. Cloth. Something that's, that's needed. Clorox bottle. 
Dawn dish soap. Does this look like a sacrifice? These are sacrifices, right? These are sacrifices, acceptable and well-pleasing to God. A brush. I'm not going to empty the whole box. Scrubbies. Sacrifice. These are sweet-smelling, savor, acceptable to God. If you want to, I would encourage you, if you want to offer a sweet-smelling sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God, I would encourage you, go to our website. Look through the list. There's some suggestions where you can, you can go now to Walmart and you can print the list off and you can pull out some things that you're able to do and, and come and Deliver, de, de, deliver them to the church. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Root are spearheading the ACS group and putting together uh, this package. I would love to overwhelm Pendleton with our sweet-smelling sacrifice, acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Overwhelm Pendleton with with God's sweet-smelling sacrifice. That would be super awesome. Tomorrow. Well, this will be collected through the week. So tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday, you, you want to run to Walmart or the grocery store, wherever you patronize, get uh, the items, bring it to the church, and we'll put it um, I think we'll put it in the uh, fireside room for now and then deliver. Um, tomorrow at 10 o'clock, there will be... Are the roots here still? Yes. Seniors. <laughs> Seniors. Um they are also uh, driving this, in, this initiative. I think it's super great. Um, 10 o'clock at whose home? Yeah, Ron and Sue Essel, Esselstein. Uh, 10 o'clock. If you are able to bring a shovel, uh, bring a shovel. If you're able to bring... Um, other items to clean. Basically, they have a, a sidewalk that needs to be shoveled of mud. Um, and probably just some, some care of the property, right? I don't want to branch out more than what they're, what they're suggesting. But um, the sidewalk needs to be cleared so he can, he can go down the sidewalk into his house without tracking mud into the house any more than necessary. So 10 o'clock at um, the... Uh, Esselton's home, 10 o'clock, uh, if you're able, men, women, uh, even children, more than welcome to, to go. Overwhelm the community. You've maybe noticed some signs. They've been switched out. In your estimation of things, 
in your estimation of biblical messages, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ, it's a good news. Um, but what is the gospel? Today I'd like to uh, begin a new series. It's rooted in the book of Ephesians. So I would encourage you to go home, sit down and study the book of Ephesians so we can have stuff to discuss. I told you about it last Sabbath, very high level. Somebody said it's good you brought up one, one verse, at least from Ephesians. Um, that was a high-level view of where we're going without actually getting into the book um, official, high-level. Remember what we talked about last Sabbath? We talked about fish, yeah, specifically my fish, my fish tank, saltwater fish tank. I believe, uh, well, that tank is my church tank. And I call it my, my church tank because not only because it resides in the church, but I believe it, it can, in a sense, represent or should represent our church. Balance. Right? Got to be balanced. If it's too far one way or too far another way, fish start dying. Fish start getting sick. Um, and we don't want dead fish, do we? We don't want our fish to die. So we, we have to maintain balance. I think the gospel message brings balance. Right? I think the gospel of Jesus Christ brings balance. And when balance is present, when Jesus Christ is present, fish don't die. Right? Fish don't jump out of the tank want to find a, another tank to live in. Before we go any further, let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, it's again good to be here. I feel a lot like the boy in the children's story. <laughs> uh, the foolishness of preaching. You have a message for us today. I pray, despite the foolishness of this preaching, I pray that you are present. Guide us, direct us. May the words that I, that I string together, that I share with the friends today, I pray that you guide. Guide my words, yes. Also guide our hearing. You are the one who can send out and who can bring in the message that you deem appropriate. We are your tools, so I pray that we be used according to your will today. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Do you ever get the feeling that you were meant for something big? Have you ever been a part of something that, that was just meant to be? Just seemed perfect. It just seemed right. It so fit together and it was planned. It was the perfect 
little accident. Or have you ever tried so hard to make something work, to make something happen, it just didn't? No matter what you did, that didn't work out. And you stand back and you look at that and you say, well, that wasn't meant to be. Well, lots of people say that. But, when, but what you mean by meant to be, it, it changes significantly depending on, on who you believe gives meaning to this meant to be. Does, does the person mean to do you good? Does the person even care or, or, or love you? Ephesians teaches us who we are what we were meant for, and how we are to live this out. But most of all, Ephesians draws us close to the one who meant it. It's not just who we are, it's who we are in Christ. That phrase, in Christ, or in Him, is, is very important. It's very significant because who we are and what we were meant for is found in Christ. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ephesians is known, this book of Ephesians, is known among theologians as a mountain peak, a mountain top of Scripture. Ephesians is a, it's a letter from Paul to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesus, we learn who we are. In Ephesians, we learn who we are and, and how we walk. Ephesians, it's a call. It's a call to what we are meant to be. As I look at Ephesians, the first half of Ephesians fix, fixes our, our eyes on God's blessing. In a sense, the first half proclaims the gospel. The last half has clear instructions on marriage, kids, work, and much more. While life, I believe, has its struggles, I believe it's important for us to set our feet on the solid ground of the gospel. We have to set our feet on the gospel. If we have the cart before the horse, we don't get much done, do we? So it's important for us to have the gospel first for us to affect our marriage, our kids work, communications, interactions with those around us. While life has its struggles, I believe it's important for us to set our feet on the solid ground of the gospel. Sometimes we, we get lost and sometimes we go hiking and we're wandering through the trees and maybe we, we get lost. They tell us when you're lost, go up to the highest point. Maybe we shimmy up a tree and we, we look around. Maybe we climb up a, 
a mountain and we, we look around to get our bearings. And if, in a sense, Ephesians does that. It sets our bearings properly. We can see Ephesians gives us a heavenly perspective. From eternity past, where God chose us, to eternity future, where God fulfills His great plan. And from that perspective, today's struggles make a lot more sense. So let's open our Bibles and read Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and I will read verse 1 and all the way to 6. If you're there, lift your hand or amen. Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle apostle of Christ Jesus, I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Verse 2, now God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, gave you peace, grace, and peace. All blessing to God, the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he meant to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious gift He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. Wonderful message, isn't it? Just right there, a simple, very straightforward message. The, the letter starts with a, with a friendly greeting from Paul. In verse 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful of Christ in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so Paul's writing. Paul is the apostle whose story is an amazing testimony of God's mercy and grace. We find his story in Acts chapter 9, 1 through 19. I would encourage you to go home. When you, when you go home, read his, his story. Before he met Jesus, the one whom he was persecuting, Paul was quite literally the evil servant portrayed in Matthew 24, 48, 49, who, who thinks his master will not come back soon. So, he begins to go out and beat his fellow servants. He was seeking to purge the church of, Jesus, of this Jesus movement 
the Jesus followers. He was angry. He was hate-filled. He was self-righteous, intolerant to other people. And he spent his time beating his fellow servants until he met Jesus. In fact, it was such a meeting that it knocked him off his horse. Grace changed him. Now, in the book of Ephesians, we see him, an apostle, sent out by the will of God. He was meant for something. And this was the something. He's writing to God's holy people. Now, holy means set apart for a purpose. Holy people are meant for something important. This letter was written to God's holy people in Ephesus. But the most ancient manuscripts that we can find does not include in Ephesus. So he begins the letter by stating, I am writing to God's holy people who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Do you follow Jesus? Is this letter to you then? Is it just a letter to the Ephesians or is it a letter to you as well? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you are, then this letter is to you as well. If, if you do, this letter is for you. And he calls us the faithful of Christ in Christ Jesus. I don't want you to miss this. From the, the very first statement of who we are, our identity is connected with who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, I believe you're welcome here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming in through the doors. You are invited at any time to be in Christ Jesus. If you're considering this, Ephesians, I believe, is a great place to, to learn what that means. Now let's read verse 3. This is how Paul continues. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We continue in verse 3 with praise. Praise to God because He blessed us. I love the word blessed. I, I know we do silly things with that word bless. We put hashtags, Instagrams, we, we do tweets, we do Facebook memes with this word blessed but it's a it's a beautiful word blessed this word blessed literally means to speak well of 
God has spoken well of us. You know what it's like when somebody speaks something genuinely kind of you, don't you? Yeah, it's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing to be praised. It's the same word translated as praise here. We speak well of God because He's spoken so much kindness and so much grace over us. And when God speaks, it comes with power. In the creation account, when God spoke, what happened? In the creation story, when God said, let there be, what happened? It was. It was. God cannot lie. And when God speaks something, it means that that something that He spoke is. Does that make sense? He takes something that is not holy and He says, you're holy. You're blessed. And it makes that holy. And it makes that blessed. Yeah, in creation, that is what happens. In the recreation, that is also what happens. So praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. If not for Jesus, there's not a holy thing I could do. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. His blessing is heavenly. I don't want you to uh, misunderstand. Blessing in heaven isn't like a million dollars of invisible money. A Nigerian prince contacts you. A rich mogul writes you a letter. A rich heir or heiress or a Nigerian banker says, Ron, I have an email that I want to send you and I want to use your bank account to put a billion dollars. It's an empty promise. Something that will never happen. But God's blessings, God's promises, God's gifts are real. They're better. Blessings on earth are nice. They're good. But they don't last. Or they're not real. Heaven's blessing, heaven's treasures are forever. They're eternal. Now verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved who is the us? In this verse, who is the us? Is it just the Ephesians? Or is it us? Even before he made the world, God loved us. As we stand or sit here in the Pendleton Seventh-day Adventist Church, God loved 
us. God chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Did you get that? Did you see that? God's plan for you goes way back. This is not like the the latest whim that we may have, the, the latest gut feeling that we may have. This is God's big plan. God chose you. God loved you in Christ before the creation of the world holy and without fault in his eyes. So according to verse 4, how are we holy and without fault in his eyes? He chose us to be holy and without fault in Christ. To be holy and without fault in His eyes can only happen when we are loved and chosen in Christ. Christ, it begins with Christ. It is Christ during and it ends with Christ. At all points, it needs to be in Christ. Now that brings us to one of the Bible's most controversial verses in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. If you want to get a room full of theologians into a hot debate, just say the word predestined. Predestined. Verse 5, in love... He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. God predestined. That word's a a very big word. Doesn't mean that we don't have free will. No. Does it mean that God predestined some people for heaven and Some people for hell? No. What does the verse say? According to Strong's, predestined in this verse means to predetermined, decide beforehand, to foreordain, appoint beforehand. It says that God chose you to be holy, set apart, predestined. He marked out a path for you, for adoption to his sonship, to become his child. The Greek word literally means he marked out of a course ahead. The word here means full legal standing, an heir in full. You're not a second class child. Our identity is in Christ. We are God's own children, unconditionally loved, unconditionally chosen before we could even think about earning it. And our response is praise. Verse 6, 
to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. Praise. Or to speak well of His grace. His grace is amazing. That word grace is the the heart of Ephesians. As we read forward, we will find so much more that God has done for us. He's redeemed us. He's saved us. And all by the riches of His amazing grace. Are you meant for something big? Are you part of something that's just meant to be? As you consider these questions, I'd invite you to listen to this song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
Grace is a gift. Grace cannot be earned. We don't deserve it. God just loves you. Grace. Grace changes everything. Grace tears down our pride. Grace guides us to walk in humility. Grace tears down the walls that divide us and guides us to walk in unity. Grace. God's grace. This is the road that awaits us here in Ephesians. I'd, I'd like to invite you to, to read ahead. But read slowly. The words in Ephesians are rich with meaning. Take your time and dwell on the words. And I'll see you next Sabbath. If it is your desire to accept the grace of Jesus Christ, if it is your desire to turn your eyes upon Jesus, please stand. Let's pray. Now, unto Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.